0: Welcome to Q the Apology, a parent's guide to faith at home. My name is Nate. And I'm Gavin. And you might make mistakes as a parent, but you are the expert on your kids. We're not. We read some things. We talk about it. Most of the time, we haven't even met your kid. You live with them every day. It's true. You're the expert. We just give internet advice. <laughs> okay, maybe more than the internet. We're a little more credible. Internet advice. <laughs> hey, Gavin, fun fact. What is it? episode 23. Whoa, what?
1: that's crazy.
0: It doesn't sound that big. We're like, okay, it's your 23rd episode. But when you think about it, we do one a week and we skip like two weeks because COVID got messy and we couldn't get into record. So we're kind of like doing this for 25 weeks. That's we're almost a, lot half of weeks. a year.
1: Wow. It's actually wow. a
0: big deal. Like when they talk about podcasts, making it to past episode 50, you're like, Ooh, episode 50. But it's yeah, like, no, no, that is a year's worth of work. That's, that's
1: exciting. Right? We're halfway to a year. Yeah. So we've literally been doing this 23, maybe 25 weeks. Yeah, we have. Wow.
0: Fun fact. That's why I just, (laughs) I thought we started with that.
1: I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. I'm happy with where we are. I hope you guys are enjoying this 23 episodes later. (laughs) (laughs) Still tuning in. Hopefully we've gotten better. I think maybe. And you know, another fun fact. Tell me. It's summer. Oh yeah, it's officially the 21st of June. Summer has officially started.
0: And the Ontario government bumped up phase two, two days earlier. Oh, so good.
1: (laughs) Two days earlier. Yeah. June 30th. Wow. So Canada Day is open. Open? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late to plan anything. Yeah. Oh, what a mess. That's so exciting though. It's it is summer. i mean we have
0: people at church uh like at our church service sunday morning we have people yeah. at our campfire service it was just so good to be with people it with was people life-changing heartwarming
1: <laughs> heartwarming is a good way to put it heartwarming maybe life-changing for some
0: well uh, okay i'll put it this way this is complete. we haven't even hit your topic yet because you're leading us today <laughs> but what was really cool to see is i brought my two kids with us amos grew up in the church like i used to lose him on a sunday yep. Eli had, I think this was the second church service he's ever been to just That's because of crazy. COVID and, and his age. And so the difference between him, even Sunday morning to Sunday night at that campfire session was literally night and day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like in the morning, he was just like, people, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and then like the night session, he was like, Hey, you look friendly. And my kids were just wandering around. Like we're outside. It's meant to be this beautiful family vibe, which is what the church is yeah. and has always been. It's a family coming together to celebrate Jesus and life. Yeah. And so I'm watching people and they're there, hands raised, singing worship songs, just loving life. And then all of a sudden you'd see the sly grin on their face or they'd giggle because <laughs> they'd watch my kids run around and do something stupid. I mean, Eli almost ran straight into the fire and like a Multiple pa- times. Yeah, parents Multiple were jumping times. up. But it was great. Like parents were jumping up. People are jumping up to care for this kid, to care for the community, to worship God and enjoy the world he created. Like if nothing else, that is what this podcast is supposed to be about. Figure out how to balance life, joy, faith, all of that.
1: Yeah. It's a big, beautiful mess. It was so great. It was such a family vibe in a lot of ways. It was just nice to be back with the church family, to be with families and to just... Do what we've been talking about a lot of this so thing, good. like just do life together. So good. Your kids were so cute. Also, there's <laughs> this one story. So, I was playing with Eli um, during the worship, <laughs> and at night. Yeah, or in the morning. Okay, at night. At so, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like picking up grass, and I'd like pick it up and like make it look like it was gonna fall on him, and then Amos picks up a flower. Sorry, Amos, not Eli. Amos picks up a flower. <laughs> Throws it right in Ash's face. It was like, yes. Be friends with me. Yeah. Here's a flower. It was great. It was uh, great.
0: Kids, fantastic. <laughs> Little beautiful mirrors of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was great. And it was such a great way to kick off summer. And as you guys all know, summer is a beautiful time where school is out. Did it he- ever really get in? School was never in this year, but classes are over. Classes are over. Free time is here.
0: Yeah. Detox is here. I talked to a friend this morning who's like, yeah, we finished school last week and my kids actually don't know what to do. They're used to six hours of screen time a day and so they're just like twitching and jonesing and that's messed up in its own right.
1: And that's going to be a real thing this summer. And that's that's partially what I kind of wanted to talk about today actually is just... In, in summer in general, but also in this COVID summer, this, we've done it already once, yeah. but now it's a bit new after a whole year of school being online. Yep. What do we do in the summer? How do we continue to build the faith of our children in the summer? Because this is what happens in the summer. Things are freed up after a COVID year. You need some detox. You need to just figure out what life is again. And then (laughs) that might take a little while. But then there's free time. Sports are starting to open up again. We're getting back into it. There's activities happening. And your kids are always there but not busy all the time. So they're actually just always there. Yeah. And so it's with this big shift, with schedules changing what do you as a parent do to continue to feed your kids spiritually, to continue to build these rhythms of faith? Because some of those habits that you maybe started in the winter months, when they were in school, when Mm -hmm. things were scheduled, might have to change because maybe they're not getting up at the same time, maybe they're not finishing school at the same time, so you can't have those designated moments all the time. And so with all that freedom, How do we continue to nourish their souls with that designated worship time, but also throughout all the summer activities? How do we continue to?
0: So it's like, how do we not have a Katie summer of faith where you're just like phoning it in and just like, here's craft dinner. Yes, exactly. I love it.
1: That's good. I like that. Make that the title. I've been
0: sitting here mulling that over since you started talking. I'm like, how do I say it so it makes sense? The KD Summer
1: of the Fate. The Katie Summer fate. Fate. Here's the thing. You don't want to wake up two months from now and be like, what did we do this summer? Like, where did the summer go? Right. Because it's a temptation, right? You just need this detox from all the screens, all the online. Yeah. And you can just end up wasting it.
0: Wasted. <laughs> just end up waste. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm dreaming. I mean, my kids are still so young. Amos is only starting school in the fall, but like, I'm, I'm already like dreaming of like, how do I engage him? Is it just the let's, let's be outside and pray and give glory to God when mm. we catch frogs and, and that kind of thing? Or is it just like, dude, I'm so tired. Like, like just go push yourself on the <laughs> swing. I'm wasted. I just need downtime. Cause that's where we hit, right? Like, yeah. Oh man. Okay. So again, we take so much from parenting books and then we apply a faith filter to it, right? Yeah. Like literally, I see a parenting book in front of you that already has a faith filter, but yeah. you're gonna apply something else to it. Yeah. And and so, like one of the parenting books I've been reading is like, listen, when you come home from work, you want to detox. You you need some downtime. The parent that's been at home with the kids, they need some downtime. And this yeah. is where a lot of like conflict hits is that parents both come home being like, I need de- downtime. I need detox, but they, they don't communicate. They try and do it at the same time and things fall apart and everybody's just wasted and nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. Same deal applies to the summer. Like we're, we're coming out of all the craziness. The kids need a detox time. You need a detox time, but it needs to be scheduled and done right so that you don't just find yourself at the end of the summer being like, where did our faith go? Did we yeah. just phone it in for the summer? Like we just hang it up and we pick it up in the fall. It's just like our, our our winter jacket kind yeah. of idea.
1: Because how often does that ha- happen in a normal year where it's like we were not intentional? Once you And that's, that's true with life in any way. It's like when you have this structure, when you have this normalcy, you can develop habits that work into that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the, those habits are gone, the schedule is gone, you have to re- format. I actually went through that a few times this year because I've moved quite a few times in the year (laughs) from like different houses or locations in the houses. And so it's like, I had to, even in just moving, I had to readjust a lot of my schedules and habits to be able to redevelop them. And it was exhausting sometimes to continually redo that. And I mean, that's why we talk about family discipleship. Like, how
0: are you building it into your family routine so that doesn't just ebb and flow with the work season or the school season? Because the reality is people do escape in the summer and they need it. So you go camping, you go to the trailer. Some people are just like, Hey, we're going to the cottage every weekend in the summer. Yeah. And I'm not making the case of you need to be at church every day in the summer. I I know there are some people when they go on vacation, no matter where in the world they go, they (laughs) find a local church and I'm like, you guys are admirable. I love your, your conviction of faith. When, if I, the like four times I've been to an all inclusive resort that Sunday, I'm still poolside. Like I'm pool. Was it bedside Baptist? Yeah. So I was poolside Presbyterian. <laughs> that, that's where I was. I needed that, that detox, yeah. but that doesn't mean, so I'm not saying you have to be at church every Sunday. I'm saying you need to make sure that family discipleship is part of your DNA. Yeah. And that's really what we try and talk about here.
1: Yeah, totally. And that is a perfect segue into what we're talking about. Totally planned.
0: Looking at my notes, (laughs) there are none.
1: There's a blank table in front of you, but, (laughs) but that's totally it. It's, we want to create these habits that aren't just, like you said, they don't just go with what we're doing, but it's like, it doesn't have to be so structured all the time. And that's the one we've made the point of all the time. It's, making time in those moments where- Discipleship now. Discipleship now, yeah. Yeah. The everyday things that happen, how do you turn that into discipleship moments, that discipleship now mentality? And so I want to go back to the framework we kind of talked about a little while ago. I don't know what depth of detail we went into with it. Sometimes we tangent. Yeah, we tangent. And so it's hard to remember how much we actually talked about, but this framework came from the book, Family Discipleship, yeah. by Matt Chandler and Adam Griffin. I have it in front of me. You do. I
0: see like pen marks and little sticky tabs and
1: Oh yeah, I'm marking this thing up. It's That's great. It's good. And it's not even like that practical for me right now other than this <laughs> future, podcast and future kids planning, ministry, future planning. but it's like yeah, but I love it. It's so good. Um but this is kind of the framework we went with because we realized you don't always have those moments where you can just sit down and do a 30 minute Bible study, right? right? Like that's not the most practical thing when you have three year olds, four year olds, five year olds running around for sure. But this is kind of the framework. So there's modeling and modeling comes by serving as an example to your kids. Um, And it's just living out your genuine faith walk, right? Yeah. Do what I do. Not just what
0: I say kind of idea.
1: Exactly. That's it. And then the next part of that framework that holds everything together is a family discipleship time. It is important to have those moments. And like we said, we said that in the read, pray, sing, um, podcast, we talked about how those five minutes sometimes are so important, whether it's Huge. singing a song together, whether it's looking at a verse together, like you still need those moments where it is intentional yep. and built in. And then the other parts were discipleship moments, and that's kind of capturing and leveraging opportunities that come up throughout the day. Um, so maybe you're gardening and you start to tell your kids about how God is sowing seeds in our hearts that will come to faith. And like all of these things, like it's just leveraging those moments. It doesn't right. have to be that it doesn't have to be about that, but, <laughs> but you just leverage and make the most of the moments and what's in front of you. And then there's milestones. And we, we had a podcast called episode called, um, make a monument, man, you
0: know, our history, that's fantastic Good for you.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking it through as I'm saying it, but, fantastic. <laughs> but that make a monument that capturing those special moments and yeah. then celebrating them in the future. And so that framework helps us to really have a consistent framework for discipleship. But within that, you realize that things can change and things will change within that framework. There's going to be seasons where that time portion, that set apart family discipleship time might be a bit shorter, might be a bit longer, depending where your kids are at, what interests them. And those moments where, or sorry, the modeling might be um, very clear for your kids in certain parts. It might not be as clear in certain parts. And something I really want to tap into in the summer is the modeling component and the discipleship moments component, because here's a time where all schedules are basically wiped away and are remade with summer activities. Right. right? Yeah. And so we have our school year discipleship times where, or maybe we don't, but we're working on developing this time where the family can get together and worship God. Right. But when that's, when things change, Rather than getting upset with ourselves and just getting overwhelmed trying to plan this new time, we can also leverage the moments that we have with our kids that can turn into discipleship times. So maybe your kids aren't always going to be able to be in at 4 p.m. every day in the summer because they're outside playing or they're with a friend or they have um, a baseball practice that they have to go to at that time in the day.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And what you can do instead is recognize what they're doing. And maybe on the way to that baseball practice, you have a conversation with them, what they're going through, how this sport translates to faith. Like there's all these kinds of ways that you can leverage these moments that might not be a consistent time every day, but are going to come up just about every day and make those into discipleship moments.
0: Yeah, no, that's huge, because I'm I'm trying to piece this together, and how do you teach a three-year-old? Because um, <laughs> I think it's great. Like, so many of your ideas, you're, you're really involved with junior highs and, and senior highs, and so, you, you, yeah, leveraging those moments, I'm like, hey, how do I do that with a three-year-old? Mm-hmm. And something that's really kind of working on me with Amos, or God's working with me on me, Amos, is really gratefulness. Because he's got tired of the repetitive prayer. And, and so we work on just gratefulness. And so if I put him in T-ball, uh, just use your like baseball uh, example, yeah. we can just talk about being grateful for the sun that day. Or if it's been too hot, thank you for the wind. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for friends. Like there, there's always an opportunity for gratefulness and teaching that and embedding that in our kids. And I think that is something we lack so often in our own lives and our own prayer, especially our own prayer lives is we are rarely thankful and we're more petitionary being like, okay, God, here's the deal. I
1: need a thing. Yeah. Do, Do the thing. Do this thing that I need. No, that's really good. And Yeah. And that's part of this whole thing is you as a parent know or should learn where your kids are at, what they're like, what they're interested in, what they love, what they're afraid of. Because as you know these things about them, you know them better than I ever will. You know them better than some of their friends will or their teachers will or their pastors will. And so you have this unique opportunity to actually invest in what you know they need to work with. And you, you had a perfect example there, like working on gratitude with Amos, because that's where he's at, right? That's, that's the next step for him. And we talked about that a bit in the last episode as well, how we need to know where our kids are at so that we can, they can learn and not just be educated, right? Yep. And so how do we leverage those moments, knowing where they are, so that we can grow them in their faith. And I think it really comes down to, one, us growing in our faith consistently. We need to have, even in the summer when things are changing, when kids are here all the time, we need our discipleship moments. We need our time where we can be full of gratitude for God. Yeah, huge. Where we can read his word and worship him. And then that is going to overflow into what we teach our kids throughout the day, what we talk to them about and what we fill ourselves with is what we're going to give to others. So that's, that's where it kind of starts in the summer. Even as things change, continue to fill yourself with God, continue to fill yourself with moments of discipleship for you to be encouraged.
0: Yeah. If you can build a habit within chaos, imagine what you can do within structure.
1: Oh my goodness. It's crazy. (laughs) But Second is really going into that modeling idea again is in the summer, be intentional about some of those outdoor activities you do. And I looked up this. So I did a Google search the other day.
0: Google of, tells us everything. Oh,
1: yeah. I, <laughs> I basically searched like, how do we disciple our kids in the summer? Just simple.
0: Sure. Sure. Simple. I'm so interested on <laughs> what you found.
1: <laughs> because... I feel like you found everything or nothing. <laughs> so it's a big change. And I found one article that said yep. anything everything about the summer. Just yeah. one. one article. Everything else was like, oh, these are what you do throughout the entire year. But I'm standing here and I'm seeing from all ages, literally, family ministries, I'm seeing the... Grade twelves who come to our Devos daily graduating and things are changing a lot for them going into the summer. They're not just going into a summer of freedom. They're thinking about all these things. There's so much on their mind. Huge. And so just giant shift in everything. Like things that were held together a week ago are now, like, collapsing, just thinking about, like, everything going on, right? Well, yeah, like,
0: going from high
1: school, you you knew what was coming every year, like, yeah.
0: school's coming, it's been this way for years, and now it's like, even if school is coming,
1: it's nowhere near what you had before. Nope, no, way different, <laughs> and is school come? like, there's all these things, and then, and then even, like, the high schoolers, like, they're coming off of this year of being online, and now they're... Free to go roam the streets, roam. Yeah, it's like, what are they going to do? Things are changing so much for them, but then also there's a different attitude within the junior highs who are almost like curious, what can I do when my parents are working all day? Like, what do I do? What can I explore? Yeah, what can there's I There's new get freedoms to? in that,
0: yeah. As like you're old enough to babysit now,
1: yeah, yeah, huge changes, yeah, and then there's right down to the youngest there's change happening and so discipleship just by that standard is not going to happen the exact same way as it did during the school year when things were figured out mostly when you were just learning and you were in this pattern of what to do now you're figuring out a ton of things and so as parents of all age groups how do you leverage opportunity to teach your kids and It starts with you seeking God, but then it starts with you knowing your kids. And that's gonna Mm. take us into the next part, which will be leveraging opportunities. But first, you need to know your kid. Have conversations with them. They want to know that they are supported by you. But in your conversations, so I'm also currently reading um, a youth book, and it's on next steps. So you're graduating high school, What comes next? And one of the things that it talks about so much is how kids are like, my parents won't stop bothering me, asking me about school and plans for this upcoming school. Like it's driving me crazy. But what that left me with is kids or our teens and our kids often think that all we care about is what they are doing and not who they are not actually how they are doing. It's what they're doing, not how they're doing. And so I think as parents, what we need to do is step away from, I hate to use this word, but the pestering mm. of what are you going to do and the expectations that we have set on them. And we just need to talk to them and figure out how they are doing.
0: Well, it's the difference of talking at versus talking with.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's, that's something I'm, I'm working through and, and so often we want to do this whole, like, we talked about governing, gardening, guiding, that kind of how, how you do with kids and and we mix the guiding and the governing up too often where we want to guide young kids and govern older kids and that just never works out. Um, but there's a difference of really sitting down and saying, tell me a story to a kid. Mm Mm-hmm tell me about your day. Tell me about your friends and just listening. No criticism, no commentary, just listening. And it changes a kid. You can see their body language change. Like it's something that being in youth ministry, people are like, Oh, you're so good. And they say this to all youth pastors who can just like slump on a couch beside a kid and just kind of like nod at them. And all of a sudden the kid opens up. And it's really just because we've set a posture or precedence that I'm just here to listen. Yeah, I, I, and I'm genuinely interested in what you have to say. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of a struggle where we get to in, in faith is that we talk at. Yeah, yeah. Why aren't you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why are you doing like? Is <laughs> this back and forth? That aren't and are aren't and are? And it's just do with. Yeah, yeah. And that's been the big thing. Like God does life with us. God does faith with us. And yet then we tell someone else how to do it. And it's like, now nah, we need to just do life with kids, talk with them, pray with them, share with them, yeah. be with them, just with.
1: Yeah. It's tempting to want to dictate, but you also have to reflect on your faith journey yeah, and realize that you probably didn't do things exactly how your oh, parents man. wanted you to, right? Like...
0: No. (laughs) And and you have to have time to grow up. Actually, a previous guest, Adam Fry, that was on our our little show here. uh, I was talking to him this morning and he's starting at a church and he's like, oh man, I I realized like my worship guy, I got to give him some grace. Like he, I've been in ministry 20 years. He doesn't have the same experience I have. And when I was his age, I didn't have what I know now. Like we have to leave room for people to grow and that's okay. Yeah, The growing season is as important as the polishing season.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so we as parents, you as parents need to need to allow yourself to understand that don't just expect of your child but love your child. And we know you love your child and absolutely, that's absolutely not in question. And that's the point is we know But sometimes as youth, as children, as you're coming up with these things, you feel like people don't care about you when they're just wanting something. There feels like there is something that you want them to do. And so just listen, because this is the crazy thing about listening. When you listen and you know them and make them feel known, there's going to be more growth that happens through that. Than you placing your expectations on them and almost trying to dictate how much they grow when they grow. Yeah. It now, just
0: like scripture says, we we don't, we plant a seed, but we don't know when it grows, why it grows. Yeah. Like us staring at the ground saying grow flower, like <laughs> grow cucumber. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Like we don't have that control. It happens in God's season in God's time and God's planning. And, that's just the fact like we, yeah. we need to spend the time with it. We need to nurture it, but we don't get to dictate the growth.
1: Exactly. So make sure you are in God's word that you are learning, you are growing and then make sure to, in this time of freedom, use that to know your kids, to yeah. hear them, to yeah. hear their heart and know where they are actually at in their faith and not just where you expect them to be or think they are. Cause that can be a big difference, whether for good or for bad. Like, When we have our expectations, we just see that. And then when you know them, after you spend time with God, you know them and where they're at and what they're interested in, I really encourage you to leverage opportunities to teach. And so that doesn't always look like teaching verbally. Mm. Sometimes that's inviting your kid, your teen, your whatever age they are into just serving people around you. Maybe people need help mowing their lawns in the summer, for example. There's always people who are going to be grateful if you go out of your way to serve them in that way. Yeah. And so how about you bring your kids along with you or invite them to come along with you? Don't force them, but invite them to come along with you. And in that, you have a prime opportunity to teach what serving is, what being the hands and feet of Christ looks like in real life. It's good. And... There's, there's just infinite examples. So that's why I wanted to get to that article. So the article, basically, this is all it was. And I kind of love it because it's so practical. But it's just, it's called Christian Summertime Activities to Help Your Kids Grow in Their Faith.
0: I feel like that could have been a simpler title.
1: <laughs> it was just a full sentence. It's almost a dissertation. <laughs> but, all right. So Christian Summer Activities to Help Kids Grow in their faith in Christ grow in their faith. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was reading through it. I was like, what like wisdom is going to be lavished upon me. What what is it? It's literally just situations where you can teach about Christ. And so my whole like idea for this podcast isn't actually necessarily the information from this article, but that idea that sometimes we want to be so fine tuned. We want to be so exact about what we teach, but it's like every situation is going to change the way we interact with our faith. So it's like, if you had a picnic in the park, that's a perfect time to maybe observe God's creation and just spend some time in prayer, thanking God for it, rejoicing in his creation. Maybe you're gardening and you want to teach your kids about some of those principles in the Bible about gardening and what God teaches us there. If it's sports, maybe you teach people, what your kids, what it means to have a team spirit and how they can actually bring faith even into this sports context. And like, there's so many ways in practical life that you can just bring up that topic. But that's why I started with those other two things because your time with God and how much you know your child is going to dictate those times where you actually teach them just about what's going on in life because you need to know their interests. You need to know what's going to get their attention. If you
0: don't know God, if you don't know your kid, you're going to have a really hard time mixing the two together.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so when you do know those, you can turn any situation into a discipleship opportunity. So I encourage you guys this summer to still have those set times where you Worship God. Spend time with him. But if that doesn't happen perfectly, don't beat yourself up over no. it. Just remember, have grace and leverage these opportunities that are going to be passing daily in yeah. car rides. Faith you can- is a
0: gift. You can pray for more of it. Don't don't get caught up on the religion.
1: Yeah. It's good. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, that's good, Gavin. All right. I've been Nate.
1: I've been Gavin. And we'll talk to you guys later.
0: Bye.